you know the, the joke about the pirates? <laughs> what's the what's a pirate's favorite element? Booty. <laughs> well, you're supposed to say argon. Oh, that's and then I say, Arr. ah, you'd think it'd be argon, but it's actually the element of surprise. <laughs> you thought we were, like, smart. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Somehow... I said booty. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Abe. Thank you for coming and being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. And I, I know it's been... Uh, a kind of a long day for you, huh? What did yeah. you do today? Uh, this morning I flew out to Kauai and I hung out with Aldrin and the Ukulele Underground crew. Not before driving up to the Waimea Canyon Lookout and all the stops along the way. Oh, that it was is pretty nice. Epic. There was nobody out there. It was like before seven. And then, of course, as I was coming down, all the cars started coming up. But uh, yeah, it was nice. Just when the sun was hitting all those ridges. And then at the very top, it started to rain like it does. So, Have you ever gone to Coquet over there? Yeah. Well, I went through Coquet State Park and then some of the lookouts in there. It was nice. It's gorgeous, right? It's amazing, yeah. It's like the Hawaii version of like a Grand Canyon-ish mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's yeah. Somebody like says that, right? The Grand Canyon of the Pacific? I guess so. Mark Twain, maybe? I mean, it's got its own look. It's yeah. definitely not that deserty Grand Canyon look, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's got the real deep valleys and all, you know. Yeah, high, and that ridges. red dirt. Mm. I saw them trying there. to wash it off the, the road in one spot. <laughs> <laughs> when you're up there, you realize how big. Wow, Kauai is actually really big. Like, you realize how big the mountains are and mm-hmm. how high you really are. It's like 20% bigger than here, right? I don't know. Something it was like, like over 5,000 feet, though, wow. where I got to. So I don't know. Or at least the sign I was next to said, this way. <laughs> I know I made it above 3,500 because I saw the poetry, so I think that's the the elevation, right? Yeah. Above that. It's pretty cool being that close to the ocean, though, getting that, you know, high. Yeah, definitely. It was really cool seeing uh, Nihau and trying to remember the the story behind that. It's pretty cool. There's like 200 people there. They speak Hawaiian as their first language, and you're not allowed to go unless you have a special permit or something. 200? Well, that's according sure. to a sign that was falling apart. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe the um, population grew. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I forgot to add zeros. At the end. It's 2,000. Oh, no, nah, there's not many people there. I know there's not many, but I don't know how many. You have to get invited, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 It's owned by the Robinson Robinson Yeah. Yeah. I was really fascinated with that before coming. I tend to, like, just look at maps. That's one of my hobbies. So, you know, just looking at maps of Hawaii, then I saw Nihau, and I was like, what's that? You ever just go on the 3D Google Earth and just explore? Do you mean like the Street View, right? Somehow it's not so interesting to me. They had a different version before. It almost felt like a video game. It was like you're going into like a simulation, but it was so it wasn't like the Google online one. It was like a program you had to download. Mm -hmm. But it even had oh Google Earth, Google Earth, right? Yeah, maybe that was it. I don't know if that one did like. Like flying through this, I'm imagining like a, a video game where you fly through the cities. Yeah. Oh, I, think I try to do it. No. I usually do Google Earth to places that I want to go and be like, "Yep, I've been there before." Uh, yeah, through, yeah. I just do technology. The, the Airbnb oh. 
like I'll just go on to Airbnb and then I'll just look at suggestions and they'll show mm -hmm. me like some place in like Italy or France mm -hmm. or Australia or, you know, just dope places to like get and just kind of fantasize mm -hmm. about. It's like, all right, I got my fill. <laughs> no. Lock the door, close the window. No, 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 close no, the I, I, I pretend that would be like uh, now. You know, Openzillow.com. Like, $2 billion. I can't imagine waking up in this house. <laughs> I realized actually before coming here that uh, people sell experiences on Airbnb like let's walk through a farm and yeah. pick fruits and I was like w what just a random to, person trying to get me to work for <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> I don't know exactly what they are but it's like you know you can guide someone on a, a hiking trail and then provide wow. Hawaiian snacks and then it's like $40 a person or something right. groups of eight it's like that sounds like a yeah. pretty good gig you should sell like pineapple picking yeah, experience. <laughs> and then, I mean, everyone's gonna realize how much p picking pineapples suck. <laughs> That's one of the warm ups, right? Uh, for baseball, pineapple pickers. Yeah, pineapple right. Pickers. Wow, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> how do you oh, pick man. a pineapple? My back hurts just thinking about it. Oh, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> Even the Hawaiians didn't want to do that. They're like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Sugar cane. Where did pineapple come from? Pineapple picking. I don't know South America. I forget. There's a crazy story about Dole did this air race. I forget what year it was, but from like California to here, and it was like whoever could make it here, but the navigation was really off. Like it was kind of bad. A bunch of people crashed and never made it. Sounds like that race in Oklahoma where they're like have a starting line. It's like go it's ex whatever yeah. whatever land you <laughs> exactly. It was like that. Yeah. If you land on Hawaii, you get it. It's like, but if you don't, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh. Uh. So Abe has a podcast, an ukulele podcast, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons we're talking to you now. So what's that called? And tell so it's it's called Abe's Ukulele Podcast. Very creative name. Um, I love listening to podcasts. So at a certain point, um, partially inspired by uh, Stuart Yoshida, he does another podcast. I thought we need more podcasts, and then I love this podcast too. So I thought I love podcasts, but somehow I want one that's like a little shorter, even though I love no, this no, no. one and Ooktown yeah. because of my time. Of Ooktown. I was like, right? I listen to that. Um, it's like I like 30 minutes at a time. So whenever I get an hour, I'll listen to an ukulele podcast that's an hour long. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I wanted, at least for myself, I wanted something that focuses in a little bit more on things that teachers and players really care about because that's what I am. I'm a teacher and a player. I teach primarily uh, K through 8, mostly just ukulele. And then I'm also a musician, so I try to make my own music. Where, where, what city are you in? I'm in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So it's like right on the beautiful brown water of the <laughs> Long Island Sound. Um, but yeah, it's uh, where was I going? I don't know. I started talking no, about brown water. <laughs> brown water. Um, so the, sorry, the so, podcast. So you're like is, a, a, I mean, you're teaching kids individually or in groups or uh, in classes. I do do private lessons also, but. Most of my time is teaching classrooms full of kids. And at so this is like public education? No, it's a private school. Private so school. I, where okay. I teach is maybe 60 kids in the school. Uh, it's in an inner city. So it's actually not a rich private school. And um, my classes are nice because it's like maybe 10 to 15 kids. And I'm the only music teacher, so the whole music department is me, <laughs> which is awesome. So oh. slowly over the years, I, well... Maybe it took like one year for me to realize, actually, I think ukulele is really perfect for teaching the kids music literacy. 
and then I did the James Hill ukulele teacher training, like all three levels. Oh, that's and awesome. um, I'm going to that right after my trip here. See, and, we need uh, more of you spawning the next generation players. Do you see them coming up? I mean, do you spot out those certain ones? You're like, this one's Yeah, some potential. of them. Sometimes a lot of my students tend to just like strumming or they don't want to play ukulele and they want to play something else. But right now we don't have the capabilities of teaching. Like I can't teach a bunch of kids piano because we have one piano <laughs> or I can't play trumpet or violin, you know, things like that. But um, what I really liked about James Hill's method is he it teaches reading music with the ukulele. So I'm trying to get my kids also to read music and then we can play Bach. We can play like uh, Guatemalan music and all sorts of other stuff like Beautiful. American folk music. And then it I tend to... It also gives you reason to continue to research and learn about all of those things, right? Yeah, That's exactly. one of the things you're like, I got to keep learning about these mm-hmm. different types of, of music and cultures and stuff to be able to share that. Yeah. But doing it through the ukulele just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Size-wise for kids too, you know? Mm-hmm. But also for a, a, a school that's looking to invest in something that like, like a dozen or more people can be playing at once. It's like piano automatically out of the question, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, the orchestral thing is kind of done and it's been done and it'll continue to be done, but yeah. it's like the ukulele, it's like you can automatically connect with like pop music and things mm-hmm. that are a little bit more attainable with a few chords, you know? Yeah, you can do like so much. It's amazing. Even when you have a room full of people, it's like everybody's strumming the same thing. It's still not that overpowering. Whereas if you have a room full of recorders, I don't know if you guys know that yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. I tried teaching recorders for a while. Uh, I don't know if it was my limitations, but it did not go That's well. The, it, was that, it was the insanity settling in. Yeah. I mean, like, I always say this, but it's like when you mess up on the recorder, you know, your parents get mad at you. When you mess up on the ukulele, it's like no one cares. You know, just try again. It's like, uh, I can't do it. Okay, it's fine. Just try again. You know, music should be fun, not torture. <laughs> It's a little less harsh. True. Just hit the wrong fret <laughs> rather than. Yeah, and I don't. I don't like hating on recorders, but uh, you know, because they have their place. It's good to build up into something. But yeah, just the being able to sing while you're playing, also, and of mm. course the portability. Um, I've had students. I I started to teach them guitar because I'm originally a guitar player. I don't really play much anymore, but uh, they give up because their fingers hurt so much. The steel strings are just killer. Um, and even on like a classical guitar, the neck's wider, so it's just yeah. You know, I you mean, have to get the small size, and then it's like, well, just you know, it's get way more physical yeah. for for especially young people. Mm-hmm. But even for a lot of adults that haven't been playing music, they jump into it, and it's just like guitar is like, man, I can't even get my fingers down all together. And yeah, is like accessible, but mm-hmm. um, also like you were saying, you can sing and play like. I'll just hear my daughter singing and playing in her room now, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that you can't do with, you know, anything that's wind yeah, based instrument and, and you can make chords, you can make melodies. It's kind of like you can do everything with it. The, yeah. the raw basics of music, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty perfect for uh, learning music. So anyway, that's, that's why I'm doing that in my school. And then, um, I think I, I went off track, but somehow all this experience led me to want to start my own podcast. So I started researching how to podcast, and then in August 2017, I interviewed James Hill, and then all these other people followed. Usually it's an interview, 
but I, I tend to say it's not always an interview, but it's usually always an interview. Um, an interview with some good player or some good teacher, and I just try to get into like, what do they care about as a teacher? Do they have good tips and tricks? It's hard to say like, you know, just with audio, like put your second finger on the. So it's not like a necessarily. Yeah, that's a why I wasn't podcast. even putting my stuff on like the Apple Podcast for mm-hmm. a while, because a lot of the stuff it just seemed like it was wasn't translating, mm-hmm. and it had to be a little bit more visual. But yeah. then, at the same time, I see where the need is because I'm still driving and listening to podcasts at mm-hmm. times, or working at my bench, and I've got podcasts going through my, and I'm not trying to look at something. So, mm-hmm. but you've had um, a handful of great guests, Jake. James, yeah. Jake and uh, James, bunch of other people too. Is there some memorable, or hmm. what was your favorite? My favorite, oh man, uh, probably my favorite was uh, Banjo Lively Tin Man, Christopher Davis Shannon. He's from Pennsylvania, from Philadelphia. He plays upright bass and ukulele. Um, a lot of like old timey uh, dance music, um, and it was just a fun conversation. And he's also a performer and a teacher. I interviewed him at the Allegheny Ukulele Soiree, which is a workshop in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And it was just just a lot of fun because we have so much in common. And that's kind of like exactly what I want my podcast to be. And I like listening back to podcasts like that um, where it's just teachers and players just, you know, like even with this podcast, it's mostly video. And you do miss a lot. But personally, I prefer to listen to the audio version. Like, you know, I love the stank face conversation. You miss a lot audio-wise, but still, it was like, it's very entertaining. And I, I love those types of conversations. It's not always about curriculum or, you know, how yeah. to get better. It's like, you know, players no, care about this stuff. Sometimes I just put it put on stuff like this to feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're working or something. No. It's like a conversation. <laughs> it's like, I do the same mm-hmm. thing. I think I listen to podcasts more than music, mm-hmm. I, but it's... Yeah, for the same thing. You don't even have to necessarily see it, but you can still feel like you're mm-hmm. part of it or imagine it. But mm-hmm. it's, mm. I like constantly picking things up too. So if you can like, like you said, like sometimes in the course of a conversation, you might pick up a couple little things that you wouldn't otherwise hear. For. Even if you're focused on watching something rather than listening to it, mm-hmm. you might kind of pick something up different mm. just in the course of what you're doing. Mm. What what are some uh, of you guys' favorite non ukulele podcasts? Do you have any? I like Tim Ferriss's podcast a lot. Okay. Um, I actually really love his how to podcast information. Right. <laughs> like he has this bag of podcast gear. I love yeah. it when he goes through that. I like some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I like comedians. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm usually listening to the comedians ones because it's just like I like to laugh at mm-hmm. stupid stuff. But um, you know, like Radio Lab, I oh, yeah. like you know, there's some real good quality podcasts that. Mm-hmm. Do you really listen to do. Heavyweight? I haven't. You'd probably love that. Oh yeah, it's really hard to explain, but this guy, he, I don't know. It's like people have regrets from their past, and this this guy just takes the most hilarious way to help them solve it. So it's really heartwarming and just ridiculous at the same time. Mm, heavyweight. Okay. Yeah, heavyweight. Oh, they they did two out. seasons. They're kind of, you know, I, I was reminded of it today because I haven't listened to it in so long because they come out in like six at a time or something like that. But um, if you like, you know, Daily Show or any kind of like 
satirical, uh, I said that word wrong, I think. I don't know. Satirical, uh, you know, analysis of things. It's yeah. just like the way he delivers, um, it's like constant one-line jokes and just the way he interacts with people. It's just hilarious. <laughs> I wish I could describe it better, but um, if you want something that's like meaningful and hilarious at the same time, that's a good one. Um, and then usually I just listen to the news. <laughs> 10-minute NPR podcast in the morning. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I tr- I've i been going back to music. I just put on Julian Lodge lately. Like, oh, I've nice. been listening to his last album just nonstop. Ooh. Just oh, so good. He's incredible. I know. I love I his... I understand how. Spell it. <laughs> Julian Lodge. L-A-G-E. L-A-G-E, yeah. I think it's J- E-N, Julian. What, what was the album called? Love Hurts was his last album, but all his albums are great. But Yeah. Actually, you guys mentioned that, uh, what is it, Mock Root? Oh. I've been uh, listening to that. Tigre and Hamasian. I heard you guys just mention <laughs> it, and I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. I've been listening to that. It's fun to just, like, throw out stuff because certain people will yeah. take off with it. It's fun. <laughs> oh, man. We've I've been, been listening to Talisk recently. Talisk. 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 How do you spell that? It's spell T-A-L-I-S-K. It's a Celtic band. Uh, concertina violin and guitar they're they're really like if you like really driving music yeah great melodies yeah that's it pretty good stuff shout out to tobias (laughs) he's probably gonna want to i really like all of like snarky puppy stuff and all the kind of like more edgier jazz influence but like Mm -hmm. rock still kind of stuff Hmm. What, what what's some of the other music that you're into Oh man, uh, one of my most listened is um, well, the top two is Kate Rusby. She's an English folk singer, and the Kyle Crater Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, I was reflecting on that today. Like we listen to it a lot in my car, and my kids love it. Um, I was telling them they're back on the mainland. Um, we have to find a, a. We have to go to Makaha Beach just to take a picture because of the song. Because my my sons love that song, but it's interesting how old it is. And like me listening to it now is like I'm catching up like so late because I didn't grow up with that music, but um, it's awesome. And I'm yeah. trying to find more of that. But uh, let's see, Kate Rusby, the Kyle Crater Boys. I like listening to, I think it's called Post Rock. So like this album, The Wilderness by Explosions in the Sky. It's just like rock, uh, oh, orchestral yeah. rock yep. with synths. That's awesome. Um, that sounds interesting. Listen yeah. to it when you're taking off on the plane. It's or oh, do you know? Um, we lost the sea. We lost the sea is very oh, good. Man, they the they they just released an album or they're releasing it. I'm not sure, but their previous album is pretty epic. They they wrote seven or six songs about people who died, but they died like pushing the human limits of like. Like, they wrote one about the Challenger explosion. Like, people are doing great, amazing things, but it's also a terrible failure. They wrote one about um, the uh, the guys that went into Chernobyl, or Chernobyl, however you say yeah. it, to turn off the reactor so that Knowing they were things gonna... wouldn't, you know, got that things would have gotten worse. Um, oh, man. And it's the same thing. It's, like, just rock, pretty simple, no singing, and it just tells a story, and you just get lost in it. One of them's, like, 15 minutes long. It's just like it's really epic. I I like instrumental music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but when probably, you know the story behind it too, that just adds a whole yeah, like it makes it more powerful. Dang. 
Yeah, it puts those thoughts and out. images mm-hmm. in there. I mean, that's totally different from like, you know, the sound samples you guys do. <laughs> but not, not really. I mean, it's all music, but it's like when you're doing an acoustic sound sample with an acoustic instrument, it's inherently not going to be like this, like, mm-hmm. roarous rock epic type of a, you know, craziness. Yeah. It's going to be chill and nice, hopefully, you know, hopefully in tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of thing. You always want to be in tune. What kind of instruments are you playing? Mostly, uh, well, I have, I actually have a, a Pono baritone that's very similar to this. Oh, you do? And I think I, I love it the most. Actually, Joel has it. Oh, it's actually, it's you done. Took it. no, I put the pickup in it already. <gasps> are you finished yet, Joel? I did. So I did you get it? Sure. Awesome. Did you get that from us? Or <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually bought it from your dad. Oh, cool. So, it sounds um, awesome. Nice. He brought it into the shop the other day, but it, he has the Tomastics on it too, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but... What, the C30 and... I think so. 27. Um, I think the ones it has now are actually like straight from Brad's baritone site, Brad Bordessa. Mm, He's got like a bunch of recommendations. And uh, and I like the the smooth wound. And so I saw his, it's Thomas Stick and then Alvarez, I think. But yeah, that thing is amazing. So that's my favorite right now. Um, What else? I I had an octave mandolin. And then you guys posted this Pono with the blue... Kind of like that one up there, but it was acacia, and I just had to have it, so I bought it on credit, and then I sold my octave mandolin, which I also loved, and I'm gonna get another one eventually. But yeah, oh, so dude, that's, that's no one idea. of the new ones. You're hmm? a you're a pono player. That's I, I like I love ponos. It's hard for me to like compare what my favorite is because I have a Kanilea, and I like it also. It's completely different. Yeah, the neck is just like and it, the weight. Um, and we carry and love Kanilea. Yeah. So it's really hard. People ask me a lot, like, what do you like best? This is different. Right now, I like Ponos. I don't know why. I can tell what the differences are. I do love my Kanilea, too. but And I love my Koaloha. Um, I, I actually saved up my private lesson money for two years to get a, a Kiku from Jay Lichty. Oh, cool. It's like a six-string. Galele deal. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's got a flat top. It's pretty awesome. I didn't want to bring it on the plane with me. So <laughs> it's back safe home. Um, but yeah, this is probably almost just like this. It seems like this one is also like, what is this? That's ebony. Ebony? Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking this looks kind of like Brazilian rosewood, but I don't know if I've ever seen that up close. Hmm? Do you have a rosewood one? Yeah, the the baritone that I have is rosewood, but it it looks different from this. I don't know what kind of rosewood, maybe Indian. Indonesian, yeah. Okay, in Indonesian and a and actually, spruce. people think that the Indonesian is um, the same species as the Brazilian, mm. but it transplanted over there, and it's not. It's not the same soil. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but it's actually like a, um, a uh, lost spawner. brother. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's like a. It's like koa. Right. You know how like some acacias look closer to Hawaiian koa than others. It's mm-hmm. kind of like it's just it's a little African closer black cousin. Wood. I mean, not African blackwood, Australian, Australian blackwood. Yeah, mm. it's like identical. Mm. Some of them, right? It'd be hard to tell if you didn't like know. Like those, uh, the latest River. from Barren River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I was just talking to them about that um, because you know, it sucks because it's like. They were supposed to take the Rosewood ban off coming up this year, and then the um, meeting got postponed, and now they don't know. But um, 
but I hope they can bring those rosewoods back at some point in the mm. Pono line because yeah. those always sounded great, you know. Yeah. So, is this your first time to Hawaii? This is my second time. I came when I was maybe twelve or eleven. Um, my parent, my grandparents used to live here uh, in Honolulu, and we just visited for Christmas. I visited with my sisters. Um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what we did. I know we went to the North Shore. We had lunch at Turtle Bay, and we went to Hanauma Bay. Um, I just remember kind of being like led around, and it was really nice to not like have to pay for anything, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's nice being back this time, and I rented a car, so we've just been my wife and I have just been driving all over the place, and it's just I just like looking at the mountains and just like this is so nice. <laughs> Awesome. Uh. <laughs> the mountains are almost as nice as looking at the ocean sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's like you drive like half an hour, 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. then the whole scenery changes yeah. drastically. It's wild. Yeah. One thing about Hawaii is that you can only drive in circles. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's about it. That's true. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. You could just hop to another island. It's not that expensive. Yeah, you could. You know, going to Connecticut is like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like $1,000, but... Um, I went to Kauai for like 150 or something. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I have no excuses not to go. I've still it's, never it's been. It's pretty awesome. 20 something break, years. Joe. Take a break. You should go. I mean, you, it's easier with a car. Yeah. Um, the car was, uh, it's like 90 or something to rent it for the day. I got friends. Like I, I need it. Him, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking like, you know, Aldrin's going to meet me up, but I don't want to have him drive me everywhere yeah. I, I knew I wanted to go see the canyon so it's like I'm just going to do it so I yeah, lived in worth um, it. kind of near Kapa'a area for about 7 or 8 months mm-hmm. with my sister it was fun I mean it's so beautiful Kauai is gorgeous like oh. You know, it, it's like the hike we did over in the east side. Kaaba. It's like a lot of that, like mm. just a lot of just gorgeous jutting mountains and yeah. more waterfalls than any other island. It's the Garden that. Isle. It's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most wettest places on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Someone brought up the super ferry the other day and it just made me, made me angry. Because we can't like, use it? Uh, <laughs> it would be so convenient. Yeah. To bring isn't, your own car. And isn't there one ferry, like to Lanai or something? From Maui oh, to Lanai. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've taken that before. Not that that's that useful to you, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was because it was with whale migration, right? That's a that bunch was of part of it. It's all politics. I mean, it's got to be more politics. They can't they be migrating it. all the time. I think it might be a little bit politics, a little bit pollution. Mm. A little bit of everything. A little bit of the airlines. You guys can just do it by canoe. Yeah. Whoa, Joel, you can't see this. What? Nothing. But uh, I know we're gonna, we're, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're on our way to getting the Hawaiian Airlines sponsorship. I mean, they already sponsored it. Southwest has been sponsoring me to speak out against Hawaiian Airlines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so look out! I don't I don't mind getting sponsored by Hawaiian Airlines. Just How are those deals honest. on Southwest right now? Pretty awesome. A lot better than Hawaiian Airlines. I know, right? They got yep. the monopoly for how many years now? I'll tell like, you what, they've been pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. Finally. They don't, don't even have any else. ukulele site ads in their magazine. Garbage. They took they took Aloha away. Right? That's what they did. I'm I'm pretty sure it's Southwest is gonna 
take all of Hawaiian Air's business by this time next year. Wow. Well, I know I never liked flying on Southwest because it's like, everybody go. Get on the plane now. I, I took <laughs> There's no I seating took one Southwest I'm flight. I'm just joking. I don't even have a <laughs> I, dog in the fight at I all. Do, I have a dog. It was from San Francisco to Vegas, and it was... Yeah, I'm trying to. F- I I try to fly Hawaiian as much as I can, but Hawaiian doesn't go where I need to go, like in Asia or you know, hmm. international. I don't think there's any point in having any allegiance at this point. It's yeah. like we got to get. Places. But they let me take my ukulele on the oh, plane. I no problem so. in that case whatsoever. Have you had problems getting on flights no. with air? Never. Um, I don't know if I've been on Southwest with one. <laughs> um, let's see. I've been on United and Air Canada. Uh, and Hawaiian. I I've never had a, a problem either. I think that's about it. But you guys probably, like Corey and Kalei probably have more experiences to pull off of, but is there a certain airline that um, you guys would say is unfriendly to ukulele? I've never had a big Korean problem. Air. No, I'm just joking. Well, actually, you know, a lot of the airlines... Yeah, not baggage. It was just that one time... Like I, Korean Air tried to make me check it in, but then they were like, "No, that's not an instrument. That's a s- regular suitcase." And I was like, "No, look, these are instruments." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, okay." But it's really what's strange, what's though. What's with that look? Because like, you can fight with them; they'll let you on, <laughs> and you know. But I mean, I don't want to fight. No, I'm just saying, nah, I'm no, saying just like you know, stand your ground. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's one airlines I I don't want to fly uh, because, um. Uh, I have friends that work for it it's for that airline, insurance. so I don't want to like say anything <laughs> about what it is. But did do they do something that? I mean, obviously they did. If you're not going to name their name, you might as well tell well, us why. Let's just say uh, I'll, I'll just flat out and say it. Like ever since United changed some of their policies, with you having to pay for the overhead. What? And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if. You know, you're gonna if if I run into an issue with bringing my instrument on board, and then I gotta pay to rent the overhead. Uh, uh, why would I fly? What can you that? bring <laughs> if you have to pay for everything? I don't know. I don't can know. Can you? St- do you have to rent the? <laughs> you gotta the rent seat? it underneath the seat, maybe. This is actually the first time know. I've checked my. Um, I brought two ooks, and I brought. I have a Calton case, and I checked that. It's the first time I actually checked it, and it, it was fine. But I was surprised I had to pay to check one bag. Really? On oh my yeah. gosh! It's like, wow. I don't get one bag. Come on! Oh yeah, it's right. like and how much stuff do they? Expect? An outer island flight? Hmm? That was just an outer island flight. Yeah, that was from Connecticut to here. So. Oh okay. Yeah. So you flew Hawaiian from Connecticut mm-hmm. to here? Okay. It sounds like that's normal. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you get the free punch at the end, right? Oh. The the yeah, real punch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call it. And the All right, you guys have to endure this much. Here's some alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have to take it next to the back, and then they just yeah. give you whatever's left over. Before. You know what's funny? The last time I flew Hawaiian Air, um, I I was talking to the um, flight attendant and like you know asking her about this stuff, and she was like, "These burritos are really bad." But I mean, you know, I mean they're not bad, but they just don't taste good. I mean, and she was like, kept trying to word it like just and then she was like finally she was she was so nice she was like you know what let me just bring you one before you pay for it and just taste it mm-hmm. and i tasted it and it was it was bad i mean it just <laughs> tasted bad it didn't taste like 
rotten or poisonous or it just tasted like oh this is just not good flavoring even mm-hmm. or what i don't know it tasted like this blandest chicken with like some kind of like a spaghetti sauce put in there a little bit or i don't know it was bad so i, I was yeah. like i just i thought that was really cool of her though i was like thank you so much i was about to spend ten dollars on this thing and i'm the type that would have just been like okay well learn your yeah. lesson yeah. But, Speaking good of, call, so, lady. I'm gonna learn that else. wasn't good at all. <laughs> Don't get that chicken burrito thing that you can order for ten bucks. <laughs> Speaking of food, it might have twenty-one we... grams of protein, but it tastes like <laughs> I don't so want eighty grams of sadness. Yuck! <laughs> when we got here, they gave us for breakfast like a uh, I don't know what do you call it ciabatta bread with like I don't know like crumbly cheese and then just like random peppers and eggplants and i was thinking what kind of sandwich is this is this a hawaiian thing it's confused it's like i don't there was confusing. no protein in it and i yeah. was like i don't know what this is supposed to be <laughs> what nope, culture is this <laughs> one time there's not even eggs it's like you're just chewing the ciabatta like man this stuff is like but the wrapping says aloha <laughs> it's pure aloha <laughs> one time we had must a, be good uh we had a manapua oh. and it was a weird thing because it was wheat bread and even the pilot was surprised. He was like, on tonight's menu is a manapua. <laughs> so I started laughing. And everyone was like, what? It probably would have tasted better if like 7-Eleven cooked the food. Uh, just, <laughs> it's the worst manapua ever Manapuas are always suspect, but <laughs> you don't know how long it was. 5,000 miles in the air. I don't know. What are you going to do? Not eat? I know. Go for it's it. It's true. Yeah. Remember but airplane? That's exactly they all what I'm going to <laughs> It oh, okay. was a good movie. So, you um, are here in Hawaii for the Ukulele Festival. Mm-hmm. What what other sort of plans do you have to do while you're down here? So, I've also been uh, just roaming around to try to interview as many people as possible. Um, Who have so you So far, I've talked to Paul Okami from Koloha. Oh, nice. um, I'm going to meet with Chris Kamaka tomorrow, and hopefully... Uh, Sarah and Craig, but I've already interviewed them once on my podcast, so it's kind of like you know, um, they're alumni. So <laughs> old news. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um, but it'd be great to have them back, of course. Um, I think I've had James Hill on my show three times, so it's kind of like you know, I don't want to tire him out, but um, <laughs> probably my favorite player. Mm, yeah, I think he's my favorite too. He's just ridiculous. Is he here right now too? Because somebody told me he was, but I'm not sure. Um, somebody said yeah. he was he was gonna pop in on the festival, but yeah, I don't know. Oh man, one of you knows. I just mind my business. <laughs> no, I think it's James. Yeah, well, I know. I know you've done Abe's podcast three times, but I I love you, man. Like we I love, love you. your music. You should, so. you should you should do this one too. They do just it with saying. video, so you know you do have a Koalau and. We're in the house of Kolau right here. The house here. of Kolau. There's a lot. There's a there's like a wall here. You can just you know. Just Downstairs, there's a room with all kinds of custom Kolau. It's where they come out. Nice. It's where they're born. Now, you know, James is is has been one of the most positive forces for the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Like he's inspired people that went on to inspire others, like by the dozens. So I I do have a lot of respect for him. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think even like 
you know, Corey and Calais oh, here yeah. have been influenced by stuff oh, he yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he, a he was like st- yeah. was and still is one of our ukulele heroes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. incredible, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, him and, and Jake is Jake playing the festival this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he usually yeah. does. Yeah, this year I think this year the like towards the end you got Herbal to Junior. Time Money Gardner, Jake is playing. You, you know what makes Stacked. the festival special? And like, you know, hopefully, hopefully Roy keeps doing it even after the 50 year mark. He's saying he's going to retire after the 50 mm-hmm. after next year. But it's like Roy is so from the heart that he manages to get all the great guys to come out too. But like Jake is that same way, you know, and like it just shines through during that event, even with like, you know, like the acoustics outside are never as perfect as I want and stuff like that or whatever but it's like have you been to a new I guess not but I haven't been to this to. one yeah that's part of the reason why I wanted to come because I I also heard it might end um I wanted to come last year but it just didn't work out um so I used part of my tax refund to come this time wonderful <laughs> um yeah I'm really excited it sounds very different from the festivals I've been to uh but we'll see I've been told it's a zoo. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's next, to, it's the next to the zoo. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, it, yeah, this right. is the first, <laughs> the first and oldest ukulele festival in the world. Oh, nice! It was the ukulele festival that inspired all the other ones mm-hmm. that we're all familiar with mm. for them to do their own. Nice. And so, yeah, this is pretty much where it started. So there is something really special about it. Just uh, aside from it being really big and a lot mm-hmm. of people fly in. So yeah, a legacy. Yeah. So then tomorrow I'm gonna meet with uh, actually Jody Kamisato. Oh great! And uh, awesome. and Honoka. Yeah. And then cool. um, yeah. Today I was on. Does he still have ukulele hale? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it's growing too. Yeah. I want to I want to get him in here too. Let's get Jody. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. I'll tell him That'll tomorrow. I see him. Like he's, yo, go. He, I, yeah, I mean he's he. He used to work for Pua Pua, so like we knew him from back in the day because he would Whoa. come pick up from like when I when I actually built with Kolau, I knew Jody. He would come mm-hmm. and pick up Kolau's wow. from us for Ken like, and all. Yeah, that's some, <laughs> some time ago. That's some back in the dayness right there. Was that but one you know song? What is crazy with Jody is like he he never ages. He still looks <laughs> the same age. Jeez, he does. Yeah. One day he'll Forever just be young. old all of a sudden. It's like whoa. He went from like 24 to like 70 <laughs> all at once. <laughs> now that he still does look youthful. Mm-hmm. He and runs he, a lot. Does he? Yeah. Mm. Well, no, I, don't, I don't know how he does it, but it seems like he shares his runs on Instagram stories. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's just walking and he speeds it up. I'm not sure what he does. <laughs> I'm just out here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Talks in slow motion. Oh. But uh, let's see, who else? Well, today, of course, I was on the Ukulele Underground podcast, so that was great. Uh, yesterday, I interviewed Dr. Byron Yasui. Is that the Uk, Uk- Town? Is that no, no, Ukulele U- Underground. Uh, There's another one. There's Uktown Heroes, and then I think it's just Ukulele Oh, yeah, yeah. Kingtown Town Heroes. What is Ukulele Underground? Ukulele podcast Underground, um, well, they do a, this Thursday Live lesson. It's like... Um, they get all their Ukulele Underground members, and then they just send in questions, and then for an hour, they just answer the questions um like today we talked about major seven chords um and like you know pain in the thumb and then we go off topic of course which is fun 
and uh, it's just an hour, and then they take the audio and put it into a podcast. So nice. um, I found in my app, I usually use Pocket Casts. It does not find it, so I have to go to either Apple Podcasts or Overcast or something else, and it's just Ukulele Underground Podcast. But you can still find, like Joel was saying, like K-Town Heroes comes up sometimes, which is really old. But it's, I don't know, somehow it's like linked to it incorrectly sometimes. But, yeah. Some weird well, stuff that happens on the Apple Podcast app. What, yeah. what's the app you use? Po- the one Pocket I use, Podcast? Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. That's the one I use most often. Um, Why do you like that one? I like it because it, it syncs my playing with my computer. Sometimes I listen on my computer. Um... Yeah, and then I've just gotten used to the the way it gets laid out and how you can put your episodes in a queue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I go to Overcast because they have a it has this pause feature where if someone's talking when you pause, it rewinds it to the to like silence, so it helps you get back into the conversation if you pause it in the middle of a word, which oh, is pretty cool. That's cool. So that's Overcast. Um, and then I like Radio Public because if people listen to my podcast on it, I get paid. <laughs> it's only like two cents. It's nothing. But um, yeah, podcast apps are very personal. So it's like telling people to listen with a certain podcast app is kind of tough. Yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, I like I Pocket Cast also. Podcasts, There's another but feature. But I don't think I'm like, I'm, I'm oh, really. You got to get into this. I'm not, I'm not deep into it. Like, I, there's well, a, the main thing is don't use it. Apple Podcasts because it really? sucks. When you realize what you can do with uh, with the other ones, like I have filters for like, you know, ukulele only podcasts. It's just a big playlist if I just want to, you know, go crazy on. Um, or there's the the smart speed uh, where I th- I'm not sure which ones have it, but it'll actually speed up the episodes just a tiny bit at a time when there's pauses or long uh, silences so you actually save time listening oh, or you can speed cuts. it up and save it for podcasts like if you think I talk slowly in my podcast you can set it to 1.5 I know and just for that yeah. podcast um, you can skip intros because it is like kind that. of unique to the individual right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I've heard of people that listen three 3x speed and it's like oh. what the heck I don't Oof. even know I can't understand that yeah. but, but there's people that read books that way too mm-hmm. just like Really? You Speed read that reading. whole book last night? I think I maxed Jeez. out at one and a half for audiobooks and stuff. Yeah. Anything past that, the pacing just feels weird. Uh, I feel like I can't space out at all, though, you know? No, it's only for information stuff that I know I'm going to, like, I'm going to re-listen to this book three times oh, okay. to really absorb it. Like, I'll do one. Then I don't digest stuff two, unless I think about it in between. Like, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of thoughts going on in between. If I have to just, just take in this information... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. I can't handle. Especially that. if you're washing dishes or something. You know. Yeah. No. I can't I mean, focus hundred percent on. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> trying to get all ambitious with my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> do you do Life's anything? Life's hard enough. Like, uh, do you plan out like uh, if you're going to interview somebody, like the questions you're going to ask, or is there yeah, somewhere you look to, to kind of reference, <laughs> like where you pull what you're going to ask? Like, because I know, like, like we said, like Tim Ferriss, like he has his. There's like that. Uh, He's got a method. Yeah, there's like that uh, tribe of mentors book and everything. Like mm-hmm. he has his set questions. Like there's like a pool of like fifteen base questions maybe, and then you kind of pull from some than others to kind of use as a catalyst mm-hmm. maybe to open up more questions and everything. But yeah, do you approach it anyway? Uh, usually I'll well I start with um. Okay, 
in general, I'll well, I'll research the the subject or whatever. Um, I read as much as I can about them. So, for example, for Dr. Yasui, um, it was perfect because the ukulele magazine article came out on him. So it's it was great, but also it's kind of like I have no questions. You know, you answered everything, but um, that's the point that I want to start with because I don't want to always ask questions that get answered a lot by people it's kind of inevitable that you know like tell me your story and then they give you this speech that you can tell is rehearsed but um so i'll find out as much as i can about them and then i just see what interests me and i'll write a rough list of like what do i want to know i want to ask about this and this and this and this and i usually get maybe 10 questions and then i'll start to just come up with random stuff like you know uh silly questions like who's your favorite player what kind of player do you hate, you know, or something like that? What student bugs you the most? Um, silly questions like uh, Jake or James, which one's, yeah. you know, um, Sarah or Craig, which one's, you know. Just, you can just, only pick one. Just to be silly. Um, and then uh, when I talk to the person, I just try to really focus on what they're saying. And then if if I feel like there's something that's really interesting to them, I kind of just let them go with it. Because generally, if someone's passionate about something, they'll just talk and yeah. talk and talk. And it's more interesting. Um, unless it gets kind of rambly, then I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, because I edit the audio, if people mess up, they can just start over. And I just cut it. And with audio, it's very easy to make it seem like there were no mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. It's okay. No problem. It's the third podcast of the night. Those batteries are dying. I am no stranger to tech problems. I've been the AV guy wherever I go because yeah. I know how to turn on a camera. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I it. did it in college, but and I think I'm pretty good with sound. But you work at a, at a school where everybody tries to play stupid when something Exactly. Like, hey, you know how to put the yellow in the yellow, It's a PA right? system. Just <laughs> plug it in and turn it on. Uh, yeah, exactly. So where was I? Um... It's kind of following the leader, right? Like if there's something that pops out that interests you, it's easier to talk about it because it's interesting to you. And then a lot of times that can just be the catalyst for like exactly. a deeper discussion and something that might otherwise not come up because you said, yeah. you it's ask hard somebody to tell like, where, the where did you grow up? What are you into? Starts though. <laughs> so a lot, I find that a lot of rambling is good, but it has to be kind of like, it has to be natural. Like it can't just be aimless you know like if you There's let that someone point talk- where you're saying something and you're like i don't even know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i've i've had moments like that and i'll just stop and i'll just start over with something else um because it's i mean if i'm interviewing them it's my job to like you know i don't want to make them work any more than they have to they're sitting there i have to keep their face close to the mic sometimes you know people just like is this good? They're Can you get closer. Okay. No, get closer. Okay. Is this good? You know. And it's like, <laughs> um, so you know, I have to be creative with that. But in terms of like the questions, sometimes I only get to three yeah. out of ten, and that's okay um, because I go off on a lot of little you side keep tangents. Keep to that half hour. Yeah. I, well, I try to. Usually, it's thirty to forty minutes, and like I said, it's mostly just because, uh, as a listener, that's what I prefer. Um, Sometimes I have to like really push because I feel like a conversation is kind of dry and boring, but then I get a lot of good feedback from listeners about it, and so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I did something right. Um, and I think it's it comes down to just yeah. focusing on that person and what they're saying, and like trying to keep it relevant. Um, and I'm always trying to remember, like, as a teacher and a player, what do I care about? 
about this person, about what they're saying. Um, so sometimes it's kind of stressful. Like if I do a long, you know, uh, then it, I get like headaches. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I need to just prepare. Um, so how, how bad are we doing? No, you guys are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's so hard to tell, but, you know, it's like people have to kind of be listening um, not captivated in the same way like mm-hmm. some Netflix series is going to be or whatever. Right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, people that are interested in ukes and, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's we're discussing things around that. Yeah. Around I, I'm that. always either one or two people. Like, it's usually never more than three, including myself. So, I don't know. I think it's, like, with this, if you're worried about rambling, it's kind of natural with <laughs> with a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've recorded one, um, what do you call it, like an ook forum where people were on stage and they are answering questions from a crowd. And that was kind of interesting. I, I was thinking about doing this format, but in yeah. a live YouTube kind of thing. Yeah, you can where do that. Where we can, do, okay, so-and-so is wondering about... I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what Ukulele Underground does. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so sometimes they, they don't have enough questions. Sometimes they have a lot of questions. Um, when they don't have enough questions, then they have a lot of time to just keep going yeah. and talking about random things. They keep it strict to an hour. Um, somehow that, that's just what their schedule is. I'm not sure why, but um, it works good for the podcast, too. I think we could almost do that as a second podcast, you know, beyond mm-hmm. whatever the weekly scheduled guest or whatever just put on the live chat thing and we'll just ramble if you guys aren't mm-hmm. going to ask but if they're going to ask questions then we'll answer them right yeah it seems cool. just yeah. as long as it's not the same question every week oh <laughs> check the high g or low g <laughs> oh. low f oh high c or regular c both high c was very delicious it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, i thought it was when but I was it younger. wasn't you thought it was, but it wasn't. I gotta try it again. I have no reference. No, it's been years. It's all right. Oh, so anyway, uh, I don't know if I finished the question, but Sorry. after after I do the actual interview, then I edit it and I try to make it sound good. I don't take out all the ums and everything. I take out weird sounds. Sometimes people like click with their mouth, or I'll do like a, you know, something like that, and it's just it sounds really gross I to my ears. People are <laughs> grossed out on all kinds of sounds we make. But, well, but um, somebody can go back on... to some earlier episodes. Corey, <laughs> me and Corey really got into ASMR for a while. Oh, see, people enjoy that. Maybe but... you took it out. Uh, but yeah, I I don't put any of that in there. I try to make the conversation just you know I keep the track separate and I yeah. Um, You're trying to do try a to make it sound like a nice thing, conversation, yeah. and then uh, I bookend it with myself talking in the beginning, saying, "Hey, in my podcast, listen to my stuff," nice. yeah. and then I put it into the episode. Um, I've been lucky that I haven't had any cat- catastrophic um, audio like interruptions. Um, there's a few times where like I don't know if you heard about my Brian Tolentino episode. Um, I recorded an, an interview with Brian Tolentino, and I didn't record myself, so I got I got him talking to me. So later, I had to narrate myself. Um, Isn't that fun when you well, get back and you're like, I what? asked him this question, and then yeah. back to the room. Um, but it worked out really well. What was that like, though? Were you like at first? You must have been like, I was this so is total out. trash. Yeah, this is. This, I thought I just I, ruined this. Whole, and how do I? How do, oh man, I'm gonna have to somehow put in. Yeah. Okay, I asked him this question. Now here's his. So what did well, you do? I was really stressed, but luckily, um, I don't think it was too bad. Like I wasn't that stressed because I, I I tend to study a lot about 
how to podcast well. Most of it, like, you know, NPR has great resources or transom.org. Um, and they talk about storytelling more. A lot of podcasts, what they do is just that. Like, they'll they'll have a narrator, and then they'll cut to a scene, right? Yeah. Like, in the kitchen or Radio somewhere else. Lab. So I figured, maybe I can just do this like that. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I got to you there. Know Radio Lab picks up all of the little, almost ASMR style things, too, mm-hmm. though. But, like, just ambient you know, noises. there's a YouTuber named Dan Mace that... Um, He's been doing this seed thing where, like, um, if you have an idea in your country, wherever you are, um, to put it out, and then he's going to come help you complete it. But he went to um, India this last week for his his YouTube channel, and he did the same thing he did in New York that I saw before, which is this whole, you take in a city by its sounds. And Mm -hmm. so it's like the whole video was, like, just cut to a sound here and cut to a sound there, and it was just... It's amazing, but his mm. name is Dan Mace, and um, I really like his, his YouTube uh, channel and like what what he's doing and stuff. So you guys should mm. check that out. But um, there is something to that style of storytelling, even from the audio aspects, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. whole thing, you know, like that's what Radio Lab really kind of cued me into too. Yeah, like all of those little sounds that they have going mm-hmm. like that's part like of they paint a story yeah. yeah it feels more like a little art piece mm-hmm. like, and they'll throw in little then they have somebody yeah. in house doing those little like loop tracks and everything to make all their the own sound little... effects all mm-hmm. the yeah i mean but it is telling a story you know yeah but you're listening with your ears mm-hmm. if, if if it's a podcast straight audio that's what you're telling the story through yeah i think audio. it'd be cool to do that but i don't know how it would work with ukulele it's something i think that's like just takes a lot of time in it i mean you know if you look at the whole crew of like who makes each episode Mm -hmm. like listen to the end of each radio lab episode this episode was brought to you by Mm a string of long engineers and people that are just spending all their time doing this you know meanwhile Meanwhile, <laughs> this is like the end of our day. After. We show up and this then is Andrew stays after up our work day. <laughs> this is beyond you, what actually you edit pays this the after, <laughs> right after, and right after, right after. Be sleeping tonight. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can't. Uh, actually, I can kind of relate up. because when I um, when I edit the the audio, like I'll usually take like an hour at a time and do what I can to chop up the audio, like just rough cuts, and then. When I decide, like, okay, I really need it to be out tomorrow or whatever, then I'll spend, like, five hours or something. And then I'll, you know, finish the raw audio, and then I'll do the bookends. And usually that takes me the longest. Just the simple, like, one minute of me saying, this is my podcast. and Because <laughs> you got time to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like... I write it out too sometimes, and then I feel like it's too robotic. It's like, obviously, um, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. And I mean, for me, like when I listen to back, back to the podcast now, it's like, um, I'm always thinking like, yeah, I would have caught that. I would have cut that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have cut that there. But you know, mm. in the end, I have to like call it a day, you know, mm-hmm. within a few days of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Just be like, all right. I kind of looked it over. I cut out some of the BS and then. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> well, I think it's great as it is. <laughs> yeah. The same listeners that, that, that queue into us here, I think, can 
continue to expand upon their podcast uh, you know channels so I'm glad that we were able to feature you here because yeah thank you I mean you have some interviews with James and Jake and you know Brian and mm -hmm. even now, just when you've been listening to you just know. to even have listen to a podcast with good sound quality like I've put up with podcasts especially like if you get into it you're like okay I'm all the way caught up maybe I'll go listen to like the first episodes and you're like oh my gosh this sounds horrible <laughs> it actually sounds really good like his, uh, his podcast you're yeah. saying mine just yeah. the overall oh, audio you. quality yeah. is good yeah. yeah it's like no you have a good a voice part but of it also too. Like, that's what that's what i strive for yeah i <laughs> so mean it's good to hear it makes if it's all audio it's like yeah it needs mm -hmm. to be good audio <laughs> i haven't had to do any like serious retakes yet um there was one problem once it was like a huge thing like where i didn't have a memory card or a battery and that's always embarrassing because it's like, you know, I scheduled this meeting with this person and I'm not even ready to record them. So it's like, you know, I look like a, a douche. <laughs> oh, like I did <laughs> just now. <laughs> well, these these cameras are, are like, this is like, uh, I don't know. I feel like to monitor all these, you have to get paid or something because it's like running around constantly making sure all this stuff is charged. Oh, it's a lot of work. But it looks good, though. I mean, final that's product pay. It's, it's like when i get back home just to make sure like everything was captured mm -hmm. and then i'm cool oh the if it's gonna be out there. there forever then yeah i mean yeah a little bit extra effort that thing yeah. i said about that airline they want to sponsor me now oh, and man he's like oh, oh someone reposted it i can't even take it <laughs> off anymore <laughs> uh, i don't care about it either. well you know with vimeo you can you can um yeah, you can change. upload a new video yep. file onto your yeah, and I save like the link. Vimeo is much more friendly to the creator than mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even try to like, I don't even care about like whatever revenue comes from YouTube, but it's just more about reaching people. Just more people go on YouTube, you know. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's one of the features I really like about Vimeo because there's been times I put stuff up on YouTube where I just want to put up a slight variation of it mm -hmm. right after, but there's been already a thousand views or comments. Yeah. It's like, I just wanted to like take out the last seven seconds or whatever. Mm. It's just like, you can't do that. Can't you, you do can't like on a better Vimeo. quality or something too? What's on that? Vimeo? Does the, is the quality different or anything? It was for a while, be, but right? I think YouTube. I think they to pretend like it is. There. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it is. I thought they were trying to give some selling point. As, There's some like, levels of compression going on on yeah. all of them, but and then beyond that, whatever you're watching on matters too, or you mm. know, like mm -hmm. the quality that you're. Yeah. Sometimes it frustrates me. It's like I put this stuff up, people are watching it at like 360p. Or, <laughs> even the audio quality is affected too by that. HD. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just, just sticks. Definitely <laughs> option of like 240p too, right? Yeah, I've seen that. It's like for 240p double time because I don't have. Time but if, if your internet's really bad, that's what you go for, right? It's like uh, you're, not, you're not gonna try to wait for HD so you can yeah. see Corey's pores more clearly <laughs> and i'm gonna sweat do a pitch shift an octave lower like, yeah. finally get some low end on that you oh. <laughs> another thing i do actually is i i listen to the whole podcast as soon as i post it and so far i've caught one like huge issue and i fixed it immediately and i could re-upload it so that was nice 
What was that? Um, what do you mean? It was like, uh, so you know, in non-destructive editing, oh, audio editing. You mean in terms of uploading? Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, uploading I've had that it. Happen so too. I, I had certain a certain file just moved somehow accidentally. So like five minutes of it was gone. Yeah, and then yeah, I just yeah, went yeah. back in. And I moved it back. I was like, oh, okay, there's. I found it. Yeah, you have to listen back. You have to yeah. look at what they put up like there's Mm -hmm. been times where i uploaded to youtube and then i'll look back and it's like glitchy 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 Mm -hmm. it's like not like that on the original video it's just something happened at the time of upload Mm -hmm. that made those certain frames glitch out yeah i hate that when sometimes when i take video files off sd cards it does that too Mm. where there'll be like the rainbow whatever i don't know the flashes of random things and it's like (laughs) <laughs> I just I just downloaded this from the SD card. I watch it on the camera and it's fine. I was like, where do these oh, where does this come from? All these people listening to us don't even know about these woes. We're talking about cameras, <laughs> video cameras in an ukulele podcast. It's important. Yeah, right. How to record a YouTube video? You need lights. You need cameras. I've always wanted to know why this bugs me as an audio guy. Why does this not have a shock mount? Why? Oh, <laughs> versus that one. Is this one more important? Well, what <laughs> you don't understand, Abe, is <laughs> what you want is a top over the left with a shock mount. You don't want the shock mount on the more forward-facing treble side. Don't question me. Everybody knows that owls have asymmetrical <laughs> ear canals. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I know they can turn their heads all the way around. You knew a lot more than that. Ooh. Only after they're possessed. Oh, what? what was it? Owls? They can turn yeah. their heads around? Oh, I knew oh, that, yeah. but Joel's like, oh, they can do a lot more than that. So they can differentiate what else can uh, they do? distance and height. So like the... Can they when tell the what back, size the ukulele is from 20 feet? I think they can, for sure. Okay. I think the speed that something comes back, which one comes back sooner, lets them know the, the height. So if... The left comes back a little bit quicker. I don't know. So they know where to drop down and everything. But I think it distinguishes size, too. <laughs> if it's what a about, concert neck with a tenor body. Exactly. exactly. No, exactly. I, I'm on board. That's I got it. I was going to say. Yeah. What if it's a super sprout? Do you know super sprout versus regular sprout? I am going to say. What if it's a baritone neck? Say it was a T2. Koloha. They're going to know that. Of course. Tenor neck, soprano body. Obvious. It could be the Noah body with the tenor neck. What about a scepter body? Soprano neck. Noah body. Koloha and Noah. Remember? Mm. That mini. Oh yeah, this mini soprano. And then like that with oh. a tenor neck on it. Nah, that with a baritone neck, or that with a <laughs> kiku <laughs> neck. Double <laughs> bass neck. What, what about a baritone <laughs> body with a soprano neck? Look at tra- tra- Durango. What is it called? Yeah, it's a Dodge Durango. Durango, <laughs> Doritos. Yeah, we're hungry. Absolutely. So, um, tell people how to keep in touch with you. Thank you. Yeah, to follow me. Uh, just go to ukpodcast.com. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah, Abe's ukulele podcast. I did not come up with anything creative for that. Um, no, you... I, I like names that just say what they are. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I love what you're doing, Abe. You Thank know? you. I love what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So ukpodcast.com. And then if you want to listen to my music, it's ukuleleabe.com. That's so, the other thing I do, but the most successful thing I've done so far is my podcast. So and Abe is it's like Abe, right? A B E. So if anyone's trying to spell, oh yeah, Abe. I mean, Abe how else do you spell Abe? I've never yeah, seen any other people get creative, man. That's true. See people I mean, add about seven extra letters to things. 
I've had people a- misspell Abe. B. When I like order drinks, they're like Gabe. A Y B E H. Abe. Do you do you correct them? It's yeah. Abe. Yeah. Well, I have to do that now, because uh, too many times it's like Abe, and they're like A B E. Oh, okay. But when I say Abe, then that kind of it piques their curiosity. It's not like a like, how do you oh. spell? It? It's more like a oh, I never heard that before. Oh, oh you're yeah. just not you're not just another Abraham. Yeah, exactly. That's not a good start. And I had to stop And that's what's bothering me I want to be a man, man cub And stroll right into town And be just like the other men I'm tired of monkeying around Oh, big do I want to be like you I want to walk like you Talk like you too You see, it's true Ape like me
<laughs> Sorry, I was playing the wrong chord. Sounded of, good uh, to me. Okay. A minor, E7. Was it? Is that what you're talking about? No, from C? C to A7. And, and then, then actually, D7. I was actually playing, uh. Yeah. I think uh, it worked. E7 instead of A7. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. Guys. Oh, that was like, dope. That was though. fun. I love that. Thank you. That was dope, man. Oh, thank you. I love what you do. That was fun. <laughs>